1: I'm John saying, Welcome to Channel 127. This is the little show that could tell me everything. Bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. Hello to all of our live listeners. You are our evil army of the night, and we love you, and we like to hear from you. And it just has so happened to be an interesting news day for the next three hours. We take your calls. We are live and interactive. If you are listening on SiriusXM On Demand or on the John Fuglesang podcast or the SiriusXM app, hello to the Daywalkers. We love you guys, too. We hope you're enjoying the day after we did this live. I, they call us a podcast. We're We're both. We're a radio show. We just record our podcast live. And a lot of people are invited to that. And I don't get to edit out my mistakes like some of those podcasts I could talk about. Hello to all y'all. We got a big show tonight. I wish everyone a wonderful, healthy and and if possible, uh, happy 2023. And I promised you, I promised you in 2022 that Kevin McCarthy was going to bring us porn for the angels. I promised it was going to be so awful. It would be like porn for the heavenly host. And let's just say on the third day of the first month of 2023, heaven enjoyed the view. We have a lot to cover, and we are really glad to be back. Uh, I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had a great Hanukkah. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's. If you blew off all of that, I hope whatever you did, uh, it was worth your time and energy and that you're feeling good. Hope you survived the cold. Hope you kept in touch with the news over the break without overdosing too hard. There was a lot to keep track of, I know. Uh, And listen, think about the hardest part for people I work with, our executive producer, Chris Hauselt in the South Carolina Bureau, our mighty producer, Thea Harper in Brooklyn. They both have to return to work today and work with me. So thoughts and prayers for all them. There was so much going on. If you didn't watch the news at all for 10, 12 days, I forgive you. I absolve you. It's okay. Wasn't it nice? Wasn't it healthy? Are are you kind of like already a little bit over Twitter because it's just become a right-wing cesspool? And I apologize to any human waste that's offended by the comparison to right-wing people. Uh, the Trump taxes came out right when we were going on break. It turns out uh, he wrote off the illegal Stormy Daniels payoff that Michael Cohen went to jail for. Trump did a, as a write-off. It was campaign finance fraud, but he wrote it off on his taxes. Uh, he didn't pay taxes. He didn't donate his salary like the Rubes said he did. Uh, he wasn't really under on it. He had a Chinese bank account while he was president. He didn't donate a penny of his salary to charity, and he enjoyed an adjusted gross income of $15.8 million while not paying taxes. Or as the rubes call it, nothing burger. There was nothing there. That's only what we've heard so far. Uh, We now know that Hope Hicks is as horrible as we all assumed she was. Her text on January 6th revealed she wrote, All of us who didn't have jobs lined up will be perpetually unemployed. I'm so mad and upset. We all look like domestic terrorists now. This made us unemployable, untouchable. God, I'm so fucking mad. (laughs) And she's the most likable one democracy itself was under attack capitol police were having the crap beaten out of them on the capitol steps and the most likable person in the trump camp was worried about what it might do to her resume we lost some folks over the break it seems there are always some major deaths that that happen around the holidays and and it's always a bittersweet moment uh, god bless pele God bless Barbara Walters, who I never got to work with. I I met her a few times, and she once said my son was really cute. Um, And Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict, Pope Emeritus Benedict died, which means now uh, there's just one pope, just Pope Francis. And this means now he doesn't have to wear the trainee badge anymore. So good for you. Um, George Santos, that story just kept on growing and growing. I, I thought we'd be talking about him tonight. I don't know if we'll even have time. What does it say when lying about your mom's death? isn't in the top five creepiest lies you tell and you know he in dc if you were watching the news you saw kevin mccarthy just begging members of his caucus who hate him to just hold their nose and vote for him it's sad it's he's like a tragic girl at a frat party latching onto any riffraff that'll say yes but look all the news that happened over the Christmas break, everything we kept up with or didn't keep up with, none of it mattered today. Because today was the day the 118th Congress was set to convene. Six of the members of the 118th Congress, by the way, uh, asked for pardons after January 6th, just so you know who we're dealing with here. Yeah, Today was finally going to be the day of the 118th Congress. After all the campaigning, after the election, finally, finally today would be the day. And what happened? Uh, John Fetterman got sworn into the Senate. He wore a suit. Nancy Pelosi gave up the speaker's gavel, bowed out with, I thought, considerable grace, really, really secure in the fact that her place in history is looking pretty good. And Kevin McCarthy, when the day began, seemed to know what he was doing. Give a little listen to this. This is before today's events. And by the way, if you don't know what happened in D.C. today, God bless you for not being around any media till now. History was made. Here's Kevin McCarthy this morning, and he told reporters very confidently going into today's vote. He, he's going to wait as long as it takes. Vote after vote before Republicans finally agree to settle on his brand of shitty, broken politics.
2: What do you do on the 10th
0: vote, the 30th vote, the 50th vote if it just doesn't move?
2: Look, I, I have the record for the longest speech ever on the floor. I don't have a problem getting a record for the most votes for speaker too. thank you all. I
3: like, well, do you I, don't, I don't
2: I don't I don't see how a few people, maybe it's five, maybe it's 20,
1: sit because they want a gavel that they can't earn by the conference of themselves. <laughs> that would be interesting to me. That's not what the constituents voted him for. OK, so there's Kevin McCarthy this morning, seeming to, to, to have a plan. I mean, he's had months to get this in array, right? Plenty of time. He's been at this for 16 years, Kevin McCarthy. So the 117th Congress ended today. Nancy Pelosi turned in her gavel. But the 118th didn't start. We're technically, as of this recording and broadcast, we're technically without a House of Representatives right now. No members were sworn in today. No House rules were voted on today. And no speaker was elected today. A small, steadfast, determined minority of stupid, selfish, racist Republican idiots in Congress. The block of five extremists calling themselves the Never Kevins. Andy Biggs of Arizona, Matt Gates, Florida man, Bob Good of Virginia, Matt Rosendale of Montana, and Ralph Norman of South Carolina have all said they won't vote for McCarthy under any circumstances. And today, the Douchebag Caucus Through the House into complete chaos. They rejected Kevin McCarthy's bid for speakership, not once, not twice, but three times before adjourning until Wednesday. Now, now the sporting, there was only two options going into this thing. We, We thought McCarthy would either be narrowly elected because he's got Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos there voting for him. A handful of people who hate him will vote for him anyway, or, or, oh, he he's going to lose. And so he's going to have to move all of his stuff out of the speaker's office because he moved it in yesterday. Turns out there's a third option. <laughs> and the third option is we don't know yet what's going to happen because of Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, Satan's little plot to make John Boehner look good. Kevin McCarthy, who once admitted near a microphone that he thought candidate Donald Trump took money from Vladimir Putin before becoming one of Trump's most public supplicants. Kevin McCarthy, who retroactively supported the coup against our our capital, refused to help us hold the plotters accountable, all so he could vote against democracy, keep on jockeying for position, and experience today a humiliation like nothing our capital has ever seen. Kevin McCarthy... He went from defending the first president to being impeached twice, to becoming the first leader to lose the first seat round speakership vote in 100 years. And folks, all day long, it was porn for the angels, and the Lord brought lube. We haven't had a speakers fight. Go to the second ballot. It's 100 years. 100 years since this has happened before. And, And that was back when Speaker Frederick Gillette of Massachusetts eventually won his reelection effort on the ninth ballot. Nine ballots a hundred years ago. Now fourteen other Republicans showed up to be no votes, which everyone was like, oh, these five guys, these five guys, but when it came time to have the first vote, fourteen other Republicans were no votes as well, and none of them moved McCarthy's way on the second vote. And on the third vote, well, folks on the third vote, it got even worse. We have no idea Who's running our government? Now, you might wonder, why do these Republicans hate him? What's their problem with him? I know why. It's because Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, right? It says you can't hold any office, civil or military, under the U.S. or under any state if you took an oath to support the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. That's it, right? Kevin McCarthy, he he, he voted to throw out the votes of Americans, Later that night on January 6th, he voted to throw democracy. No, no, they don't care about that. They hate McCarthy because McCarthy doesn't hate enough. Look, McCarthy is kind of perfect for this party because like Marjorie Taylor Greene or George Santos or Donald Trump or George W. Bush or Dick Cheney, Rush Limbaugh, Newt Gingrich, he only cares about himself. And McCarthy has had his eyes on the speaker's gavel like Gollum on the Precious, 16 years of groveling. Remember The Young Guns? Remember that? Not not the bad Western film and not, it sounds like a series of gay porn films, The Young Guns. This is back in the zeros. Paul Ryan, Eric Cantor and Kevin McCarthy, the hot young Republicans with hot new ideas, the young guns. The only problem was they were all morally vacant intellectual mediocrities with bad haircuts and worse suits who thought prancing around with recycled Reaganomics would somehow give them abilities to go with the power they dreamed of. And they all got the power. None of them ever developed the abilities to successfully govern. Eric Cantor, he got primaried out of his own district. Paul Ryan, I think you know how that story played out. Kevin got elected Republican leader in November. And he kept groveling to acquiesce to all the demands of everyone in the caucus. He agreed to this clause that only five members of the House could introduce a motion to vacate. You know, a formal request to, to get rid of the Speaker. <laughs> he gave that up. How'd that work out for you, Kevin, you a moral knob? Today, he saw his party's right wing follow through on the promises they've made in public over and over again. Here's how it went. The first vote seemed to get off to a good start. Congressman Steve Scalise, who insiders believe is positioning himself as a reasonable second opinion. He nominated Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. Give a listen.
2: If the administration doesn't want to fix these problems, people call on us to do that. And it starts here in the people's house. Let's rise to this challenge. Let's meet the challenges that the American people sent to all of us, not just the Republicans, not just the Democrats, but all 434, soon to be 435 of us. We can meet those challenges. But let's start by electing Kevin McCarthy as our next speaker.
1: Now, Steve Scalise, we'll get to him. He could be our speaker by tomorrow. And he's a very special piece of work. Steve Scalise is white supremacist. Hates women, voted against Fair Pay for Women Act, hates anything to do with LGBT people, voted to make it easier for mentally ill people to get their hands on guns. Once, of course, uh, called himself David Duke without the baggage. Imagine if your baggage was calling yourself David Duke without the baggage. And then, of course, he got shot by a mentally ill person who got his hands on a gun and his life was saved by a black woman, capital cop. A married lesbian African-American woman saved his life and he learned nothing (laughs) Democrats would be delighted if either of these bozos became Speaker of the House. But the voting didn't go Kevin's way. 19 Republicans voted against him in the first round. Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, Democratic leader, got more votes, 212 to 203. Kevin McCarthy lost the vote to become Speaker on the first ballot. Now think about this. When Nancy Pelosi was elected Speaker in January of uh, 2021, she beat McCarthy. By a vote of 216 to 209. Think about that. He, Kevin McCarthy's in the majority now. And he still got fewer votes than when he lost in the minority. Here's Matt Gaetz, the face and large forehead of the GOP, nominating <laughs> Jim Jordan. Yes, their moral equal, Jim Jordan, for speaker.
2: Well, sometimes we have to do jobs that we don't really want to do. And sometimes we have to do jobs that we are called to do. And so my colleagues, I rise to nominate the most talented, hardest working member of the Republican conference who just gave a speech with more vision than we have ever heard from the alternative, I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is humble, (laughs) perhaps today humble to a fault, Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Maybe, Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats.
1: Okay, that's the guy who allegedly uh, pays 17 year old girls for sex. So there's the sex trafficker talking about the guy who turns the other way when college age wrestlers are molested in a gym. This is the party. Why don't you have popcorn? (laughs) Whoever wins, the Democrats win. They have no one. They have no bench. They have no ideology. They have no platform. And the Democrats, I've never seen them look this good. They were so united under Hakeem Jeffries, their new leader. That's how weak and divided the Republican House is right now. A Democrat got more votes than any Republican. And the first black person nominated to lead either chamber of Congress, by the way. I mean, think about how bad this is for Kevin McCarthy. You got some of the most selfish or awful people to ever walk the earth and and half of them hate each other. And you've got to get them all to come to a consensus on you. So they had the second vote. And on the second ballot, as on the first, the same 19 Republicans blocked McCarthy by voting for other candidates. And on the second ballot, they all voted for Jim Jordan, who, by the way, voted for Kevin McCarthy. Now, who knows what's behind this? I think that there is a conspiracy in the GOP side, and everyone knows it, except McCarthy. And they're going through the motions, and believe me, as soon as McCarthy finally gives up and withdraws his name, whoever the fascist caucus has decided will be speaker will be voted on quickly. It's going to be interesting, and it could go on for a long time. Politico wrote today, McCarthy is a hollow man and a weak leader, and his caucus is now in the process of testing just how weak he is. One of the most powerful speakers in House history is about to be replaced by one of the puniest. Once again, 19 Republicans in the second vote voted against McCarthy. Once again, the new Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, got more votes than Kevin McCarthy, which meant we got a third round of voting. Now, we haven't had a second round of voting since 1923. It's an even hundred years. We haven't had a third round Since 1847, let it be known that when the GOP gained power, it went to a third round and the minority leader of the Democrats got more votes for speaker than anyone else in the first round and the second. And now and now on the third ballot, Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida switched his vote from McCarthy to Jim Jordan. He called on the GOP conference to huddle and come to a consensus because he said McCarthy doesn't have the votes. Can you imagine? On the third vote, he did worse. Kevin McCarthy lost one. Right when he needed things to go in the right direction. It got worse for him. In the words of Hamilton from the musical Hamilton, Chris, can we hear a little bit?
4: You don't have the votes. Need congressional approval and you don't have the votes <laughs> Such a blunder sometimes it makes me wonder.
1: Republicans why. have a majority in the House, and a Democrat got more votes for the speaker than the leading Republican three times. Why? Well, not because Democrats are lowering drug costs, they are. not because they're lowering energy costs. They did that too, overseeing historic job growth, uh, bringing manufacturing back to the country. No, 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 no. Uh, it's because the Republicans hate each other, even with a majority. They can't win an election unless it's rigged. They don't have a plan. McCarthy didn't have the votes. He moved his furniture into the Speaker's office yesterday, knowing he didn't have the votes. And it is chaos. It is a soccer riot in Bombay. So everybody went home. After the third vote, they all went home. Why? Well, they had shown up for swearing in. Their wives and husbands and children and grandchildren were there. And some of them wanted to see their family in the hotel. So they gave up. Robert Costa, the reporter, he he said a lot of sources told him McCarthy would never yield the floor. He said he would never do it. As long as the vote hasn't gone his way, he would stay there. Here's what Costa wrote on Monday. What I keep hearing at CAP from sources close to McCarthy, he's going to stay on the floor tomorrow. That's the plan. Battle it out if need be, but do it in the open and have the conversation in public. He's being told to never leave the floor by rank-and-file allies. They left the floor in time for dinner tonight. So this is it. Here's where it's at. They can't govern. It's all theater. They can't govern. They won't govern. They're not allowed to govern. And it was all on display today because they can't. When Republicans say they're going to work for America, are they talking about reaching across the aisle with Democrats to help pass legislation to improve the lives of non-millionaires? No. When they say they're going to work for America, they're going to go after Anthony Fauci. They're going to go after Hunter Biden's laptop, and they're going to make you really upset at the brown people at our border. The Freedom Caucus is blowing up the House GOP because that's all they can do. They can't legislate. They can't govern. Look, we learned this with Eric Cantor. (laughs) Eric Cantor went to the White House every week to meet with Obama and say no to everything. And he got challenged in his primary by Dave Bratt, who said, can you believe that Eric Cantor goes and meets with Barack Obama? If I'm representing you, I'll never meet with him. And he was a bigger hater. He was more racist. He was more stupid. It's how their politics works now. The ugliest, stupidest, most racist part of the 20th century is still alive. It's got enough mojo to control elections. And it will continue to push around the majority for the rest of our lives, probably. This is this is, this is 20 members of the House. 20 members. 20 members have caused this. A tiny minority of the party that doesn't control the country, a tiny minority of the Republican Party, is controlling the entire Congress. If they work with Democrats, they are going to get primaried. Someone more racist, someone louder, someone dumber, someone more evil back home. So they can't. All they can do is offend white people and scream a lot. That's the agenda. For the first time in a hundred years... The House of Representatives adjourned on its first day with no speaker and no members sworn in and no clear path to ever functioning as a political body anytime soon. And it, it wasn't enough for the Republican Party to humiliate McCarthy by denying him the speakership three times. I respect that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> he could only afford to lose four Republicans and he lost 19 in the first two ballots and he lost 20 in the third. The party's flipping out. Um, Here's Lindsey Graham. He tweeted today. How does this end when Kevin McCarthy secures 213 votes, one more than Hakeem Jeffries to those Republicans who suggest it's better to have Hakeem Jeffries as speaker? You must understand that means backing policies like no. What do you think are the two most terrifying policies to Lindsey Graham? He lists them. Number one, D.C. statehood. Number two, Puerto Rican statehood. When your number one and number two fears are that taxpaying black and brown citizens could potentially have representation, <laughs> we know what party you're in. Now, some say Democrats should just skip the vote, right? Just make make things easier for McCarthy to win. You don't want Steve Scalise. He could be more effective. Let Kevin McCarthy do it and be beaten up, Democrats. If enough Democrats don't show up tomorrow, the Hakeem Jeffries will no longer have the majority vote and McCarthy can do it. Democrats will not do this because... Of a very simple reason. Kevin McCarthy's not fit to be speaker. I have never seen a party that lost the midterms have as much fun on swearing in day as House Democrats did today. They were loving it. Did you see all the pictures of legislators with popcorn? So what happens next? Well, the Senate Senate did housekeeping. They swore in everybody. They asked some resolutions, they've left. Senate's now on recess till january twenty third. In the House, the ballots will continue until somebody gets a majority of those votes. But who knows whose that's going to be and how long it's going to take. The House can't even begin regular business until a speaker is elected. And it, people, George Santos came here to legislate. George Santos has a lot he wants to do. No one in the 118th Congress can be sworn in. The House can't set the rules to govern themselves. They can't consider any legislation. No one's getting any committee assignments. Back in 1856, it took two months for the House to elect a speaker. 133 ballots. (laughs) Haha. So either way, history was made. And Kevin McCarthy's earned it. You got to remember that. Kevin McCarthy, who talked tough about Donald Trump for about five minutes in the late afternoon of January 6th, by early morning of January 7th, was voting to overturn the U.S. election in favor of Trump. And never forget that about January 6th. The media focuses on the thugs and MAGA hats who tried to throw out our democracy. And not the thugs in cheap suits who tried to do it legally in the Congress a few hours later. McCarthy signed on the Ken Paxton suit to throw out results from Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. That suit was totally thrown out by the Supreme Court. So, today, uh, Trump threw McCarthy under the bus. Remember all those photos of McCarthy going to Mar-a-Lago for the last two years to make Trump still like him? Well, today, Trump, who had endorsed him now refuses to say he's still endorsing him won't stick by it he told NBC News we'll see what happens congratulations Kevin you a moral mediocre knob you traded your dignity for Donald Trump and today they showed you how it works House Republicans friends are incapable of the simplest form of governance so why should anyone expect them to deliver any solutions for Americans let them keep doing this let the Democrats laugh and get organized It's going to take Donald Trump eight years to lose three popular vote elections. And Kevin McCarthy, shucks, he just did that in one day. So remember, folks, Kevin McCarthy just lost three votes in the same room where he voted to throw out yours. John Fugle saying, it is so nice to be back with you on SiriusXM XM Progress. Our number is 866-997-4748. We look forward to talking with you this evening. Reverend Barry Lynn joins us. He is an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. You guys know him as uh, the former executive director for Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. Until his retirement in 2017, Barry debated all of these miscreants and revoltingly false Christians from Jerry Falwell through Bill O'Reilly. He's a hero. You may have seen him everywhere from PBS NewsHour to 60 Minutes to the Today Show, L.A. Times, Wall Street Journal. We are always honored to welcome the Reverend. Happy New Year, Reverend Barry Lynn and
6: a happy new year to you and to all of your listeners. And God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Everyone. Barry, I I hope you
1: had a great Christmas. And and I I know you moved up north, so I hope you didn't freeze like the rest of us.
6: (laughs) No, uh, there was it it is very much colder usually in Massachusetts than it is in Washington, D.C. But a couple of days last week, it was actually colder in Washington than it is up here near Boston. Um, But it was It was such a cold day on the floor of the House today, as you've been describing. I was glued to CNN today to watch what was going on. I've never seen since I wasn't here 100 years ago. I can't ever remember a would be speaker losing the total control that McCarthy lost today.
1: It's incredible to see. And again, like this comes after one of the most effective speakers in House history. Uh, And I can't help but think, Reverend, that so much of this is just this is like the Donald Trump chaos approach to politics. I mean, you, you know, the Tea Party, which which McCarthy was part of when he first came up. I mean, the Tea Party was awful and nasty, but they were all about like just you know, we want to have the most aggressive conservative conservative reforms we can possibly have. We we want to make things more conservative, more conservative. It, it seems like these people just want to blow things up. They, they they want McCarthy to cry and they want to blow up their own caucus.
6: Yeah, I think you're right. That's exactly what they have. They, McCarthy has given them everything, including these what are somewhat obscure rule changes that mean a great deal to the 20 people who are repudiating McCarthy. I do think, you know, I think when you were broadcasting for a while on uh, Facebook Live, Mm -hmm. I once came into the studio and I was wearing a T-shirt of all of the Trump administration officials dressed like clowns getting out of something called a clown car. And all I could think of today, the whole House, the whole Republican caucus was they were all in the circus today. And then 20 of them were the people who cleaned up the poop after the elephants left. (laughs) I mean, look, I mean, this was Unbelievable. Now, I I do think there is a way that this ends for the Republicans in a way that they're going to find comfortable, and that's to nominate and elect Elise Stefanik. She is mm. a Harvard Law School graduate. She was on the Judiciary Committee. She was one of the few people during particularly the first impeachment trial or uh, hearings that didn't come across as a complete dimwit who was only interested in delaying the process and making Jerry Nadler ticked off. But mm. she she started out as a kind of movement conservative. Yeah. Now she's she moving was once. increasingly. Yeah. Well, now she's moved increasingly to the right. She's become a nut herself. Yes. And, you know, she spoke today, but I think... More than Scalise, I think Elise Stefanik is whose name is on the lips of a lot of Republicans tonight.
1: I think you might be right tomorrow. You, you you might be right. I mean, she she recently just lost her seat on a Harvard advisory board yes. over her support for Trump's lies about election fraud. Like Harvard's clearly embarrassed of her. She she belongs to this GOP group I call Ivy League Anonymous. <laughs> exactly. um, it, it really does seem, though, to mm. me that Steve Scalise might be a safer bet, except. I mean, Steve Scalise does have the baggage, just like Jim Jordan has the baggage. I mean, you know they're never going to nominate Jim Jordan if if uh, no. if McCarthy bows out, because George Clooney has a whole documentary about his misadventures <laughs> in Ohio. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think Scalise would be a more effective leader, but maybe you're right, Barry. Maybe Stefanik is the logical choice, because, I mean, you know, Scalise is a tough guy. A a tough guy, but he's got one of the most dishonorable records in the entire house.
6: Yeah, he does. And Stefanik also. They somehow the Republicans need to make better inroads with white women, suburban voters, the people that cost them so many seats in the last uh, in the last election. And she she looks like a a relatively normal person, unlike Mm -hmm. Marjorie Taylor Green or Lauren Boebert, who looked like they're coming out of uh, some kind of central casting for a really, really bad horror movie, but uh, Elise Stefanik—I don't know—I think she is the one to watch in the coming days.
1: You might be right, which is terrifying. I also
6: wish—I wish that the Democrats had not voted to adjourn. And you're right. I mean, everybody has been in Washington. This is a big deal. Your favorite member of Congress. They have a little party afterwards and they didn't want to miss out on that opportunity. So they voted with most of the Republicans to get the whole thing adjourned. But they should have stuck it out and they should have watched another couple of embarrassing failures as McCarthy gradually loses not just one, but maybe two or three more votes. Let the Democrats applaud what happened today because it makes them look good. It does. And it makes the Republican Party look dopey.
1: Reverend Barry Lynn, thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year to you. Please come on a lot more this year. Thank you so much. I will do
6: that. Thank you. Right on,
1: Reverend. Thank you, Barry. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. Wajahad Ali is a great Daily Beast columnist. He's a public speaker, recovering attorney, and um, his first book, Go Back to Where You Came From and Other Helpful Recommendations on Becoming American, came out last year. Getting used to saying that now. We are always thrilled anytime he can join us on the show, especially after such a day of truly historic anarchy. anarchy. <laughs> Mr. Ali, Happy New Year.
4: Happy New Year. Good to know that the Republican Party maintains its, its, its incompetence and extremism, even in the new year. Some, some things we could look forward to. Some consistency. I mean, honestly,
1: yeah, and, and it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Honestly, when I heard tonight <laughs> that Donald Trump had, had cut Kevin McCarthy loose and was no longer saying he endorsed him, but just saying, we'll see. Mm-hmm. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I mean, Kevin McCarthy seemed to grow a spine for about 30 minutes on January 6th of 2021. And by late that night, no, he voted to throw out the votes of primarily African-American voters in, uh, in two states. And he later joined that ridiculous lawsuit to throw out the votes in four states the Supreme Court threw out. Kevin McCarthy, by any objective definition, is an enemy of democracy. And it was a pleasure watching democracy beat him up three times a day.
4: Oh, it was was glorious. And I told everyone that they have permission to be petty Uh, because it's moments (laughs) like these where, you know, sometimes karma is real and and karma has its comeuppance and the rest of us who want accountability and justice and fairness uh, and see the slithering, I don't even want to call him a human being, this this flesh, this sack of flesh uh, without a spine, this amoebic force named Kevin McCarthy, a man Mm -hmm. who made a Faustian bargain went along with uh, what I call a radicalized and weaponized right-wing movement for sake of personal power, right? For for those who are listening, this was this man, the man's goal was to become House Speaker. This was his dream. This is what he wanted for years. And he's like, and he knew, and from what what you said, we know from the documentary footage, the the text, the phone calls, that Kevin McCarthy knows what a danger that Donald Trump is to the Republic, to Democrats. He He doesn't respect him at all but each and every single time that he's had the opportunity to be the hero of the story he has been a complicit villain uh he realizes Marjorie Taylor Greene is his boss he realizes the base mm-hmm. belongs to the house Freedom Caucus doesn't keep her in check doesn't uh, say a word more than is needed to denounce those members of his own um Correct. Republican party who who side with Nick Fuentes a white nationalist you know Donald Trump saying terminate the Constitution that's okay The promotion of the replacement lie, that's okay. Everything is fine because I know I'm going to be the House Speaker. And so this is a cautionary tale. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is a cautionary tale for all Republicans who are watching. You should never negotiate with extremists because at the end of the day, it's not (laughs) worth it. And they're going to eat you alive because what we're witnessing, the last thing I'll say is what we're witnessing right now. And it is funny. It's dark humor. We need that humor for catharsis. But this is what's so scary, John is if you're witnessing what's happening with the House GOP this week, it's extremists fighting against extremists for not being extremist enough to win over the radicalized base. That's it. And when one of the two major political parties is taken over by an extremist force that has no solutions and offers no solutions to the multitude of problems that we're facing, and instead is willing to hijack the country and its own party, to achieve its power, that is actually a very terrifying and sobering moment for democracy.
1: Yes, uh, except that the most recent midterms showed uh, the American people love it, don't they? The American people love hearing about stolen elections. They love these petulant tantrums disguised as mm-hmm. civic activism. I mean, it really, they, they ate it up, but it was very popular. I mean, I'm, I don't expect... The right wing to learn from their mistakes anymore. No. I think the Reince Priebus 2012 postmortem kind of proved that the learning from mistakes um, is weakness like empathy. So, I, I, I mean, I keep hearing watch everyone saying, oh, the Republican caucus has descended. They, they've, they've descended into this circus. And I'm like, w- what do you mean descended? How was today's antics any different than what we've been witnessing since 2015?
4: Because there was a semblance of order. There was a semblance that they will come together and band down the hatches and in front of the American public, in front of the world, uh, get the votes to push this through. through. And at least with the slim four-vote majority that they have, it's only four votes, thanks in part to George Santos, if that is indeed his name. uh, They, like, like political adults, will get this done because this helps them. But the House Freedom Caucus, who are like, you know, arsonists, are like, wait, we have our own party by the balls. And so we're gonna extract every concession possible from Kevin McCarthy. And we're gonna make sure he's like Bernie from Weekend of Bernie's, the sequel, even more dead than the first one. So that we could put our hand up his ass and use him as a ventriloquist and let him say and do what we want to do. Pardon me for the analogy. But I had to. I had to go to the weekend. That's a,
1: it's, by the way, it's been that way for a long time. Fortunately, Donald Trump has very small hands. Go on, Mr. Ali. Yeah.
4: Thank you. Well played. He goes, my hands are big. I can put it through the ass of anyone, I swear. uh, uh I had to. I mean, Kevin McCarthy deserves the analogy of being an ass puppet. Um, mm. And and so what they're going <laughs> to do right now, and what you're, and you said something interesting, right? Like they can't show weakness, right? The the audit of 2012 showed for those who forget, hey, we could actually win over some Latinos, some people of color, some black folks, some women, if we're empathetic people. and reach out. And mm-hmm. you know what? These are going to be some close elections, and they didn't. They lost in the 2018 midterm. Hmm. Maybe we should take stock of maybe not running on the immigrants or invaders trying to rape our country. 2020 happened. No, nope, they lost that one. 2022 right. should have been a red wave. They lost the Senate. Each and every yeah. single time, John, that they have had a moment to step back, take a breath, do an out- audit a- and recalibrate to some sort of moderation. What have they done? They've doubled down on this extremism. This is what we're dealing with and what you and I have been warning people about for years. And we were seen as we were called crazy.
1: That's what's scary about it, because they they could compete in a democracy by changing some of their views. But they don't want to do that. They want Mm -hmm. to find ways to have the power without needing democracy. And they keep finding new ways to do it. I mean, six there are six members of this caucus today that weren't sworn in that all sought pardons. For their actions related to January 6th, Uh, Kevin McCarthy voted to throw out the votes of the majority of Americans. I mean, you know, it's like they've they've been awful for a while. They've been awful since Newt Gingrich. This is a rally that Gingrich, I would argue, began long before Trump. And I just I don't see it changing. Watch. I think too many of them can still get elected. They're not going to start trying to. We're not going to see Republicans talking about reaching across the aisle to work with Democrats to help the needs of ordinary, hardworking Americans. They can't do that. They'll get primaried for working with Democrats. We're just going to see more of this. And if we're lucky, it'll be more of this circular firing squad. But they're not going to start legislating.
4: They're killing their own. Dan Crenshaw, who is a hard right conservative from Texas, is not right wing enough. Liz Cheney is now exiled because even though she voted with Trump 93% of the time, and her her last name is Mother effing Cheney, Said, mm-hmm. you know what? A violent insurrection that almost killed me is a step too far. And where is Liz Cheney now? Shane in the House, ladies and gentlemen, Shane in the House. And mm-hmm. Rusty Bowers of Arizona said, you know what? I've been a lifelong conservative. And even though the right wing mob tried to kill me, I'm still open to voting for Donald Trump again, even it, though I said no. Uh, and and they did death threats against him and his family. I they believe They drove daughter was him
1: from office. Cancer. I mean I mean Rusty Bowers, he 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 was hating immigrants, he was making life harder for immigrants long before it was trendy. I mean he's everything man. they wanted an
4: evil old white man, not evil enough. No nope. yeah, and even Mike Pence, this is why I tell the Republicans and really I've been you know in a way I've been trying to warn them, which is why I say McCarthy is your cautionary tale. Mike Pence is the whitest, most conservative, most Christian man quote unquote Christian man on earth. Thank you. Yeah. And even that wasn't enough. They literally tried to kill him. The vice president of the united states of america the right-hand man who prostrated himself in front of the vulgarian known as donald trump forfeited whatever religiosity he had for sake of political ambition and because he thought that donald trump was like you know uh, Cyper- cyrus the persian pagan in king, cyrus, whom he yeah could use cyrus excuse me whom he could use right uh, to uh, fulfill god's will and by the way i'm not making that up that's what the that's evangelical Christians use they, they say that donald trump is cyrus the persian pagan king and even though he's imperfect nonetheless, God used Cyrus to help. So we will use this imperfect vessel named Donald Trump to fulfill our values and goals. I'm not making that up, by the way. Dude,
1: I and know like, I can talk about this theory all night long because, again, yeah. they still don't give a rat's ass about what Jesus taught in the religion they at pretend all, to follow. At but, but, at but go all. on, please. And, and,
4: you know, and so and so, you know, when you sit here and, and people who say we can compromise with this wing of the Republican Party, we can reach across the aisle. I'm like, did you not pay attention to what they did to Liz Cheney? To Mike Pence, are you not paying attention to what they're doing to Kevin McCarthy, who took away his spine, ate it, mashed it up, made it into jello and served it on a platter to Marjorie Taylor Greene? And even now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is risking her equity to fight for Kevin McCarthy, they're saying, nah, Marjorie, I don't care. We got yeah. the GOP. by the ball. So if this is how they treat the GOP, John, what will they do to Democrats? And I'll go a step further. What will they do to the majority of Americans who do not agree with their agenda? It is an authoritarian movement that seeks power by any means necessary. Correct. And the good news is, is that the majority said, eh, we're done with you. But the terrifying news is, is that the majority barely won, thanks to the unequal systems that are in play that give That's the right. Republicans advantage in the Senate and in the House.
1: Now, now McCarthy has just been slavishly groveling before people who hate him uh, for for much of the last 15 years. But he's really been doing it hard to get this job. And it just sort of seems like no matter what he does, no matter no matter how much he allows them to put him in a position where they could throw him out of office right away. I I just can't get over this notion that they're just humoring him, that Steve Scalise knows he'll never be speaker. They all know it. These five or in this case, 20 who are the never kevins they all know who they're going to vote for the second mccarthy drops out and whoever's going to be the next speaker probably already knows he or she will be the next speaker and they've smiled right. in kevin mccarthy's face i mean at this point it's just going to be a game of chicken they're going to have as many votes as it takes for mccarthy to drop out and then we'll see who they were planning on electing all along am i on the right track here
4: i you and me are on the same track some people said no no kevin mccarthy will get it and you said something earlier that i want to touch upon that, that reveals the psyche of MAGA, which is very important. Uh, to Please. them, it's all about owning the limbs. You have yeah. to pawn them, crush them, destroy them. That's uh, what
1: conservatism is, right? That's what it, the yeah. word means.
4: Yeah. You cannot, you cannot, you know, an audit, John, would be a, an admission that we did something wrong. Uh, you know, a pivot would be that we're not on the right path. So right. now that they've gone out on the limb three times in a row and said that Kevin McCarthy isn't our guy, To the extremist base, if they go back to McCarthy, the base will say, well, why are you being a cuck for an establishment elite? I'm of the opinion, (laughs) I tweeted this earlier today, that Kevin McCarthy's done. I don't think he's going to get it. And if he gets it, he's a lame duck. Like, he's going to be there for a day. I said, like you, I think it's going to be Scalise or Jordan. I think Jordan's too nutty to rally the, quote, unquote, less extreme, i.e. refuse yeah, to be toward moderate Republicans. So I think, I think, I, think Jordan, not,
1: I think Jordan's in on it. I think Jordan's yeah. in on it. But I don't think it can be him because George Clooney has this documentary about Ohio State waiting to come out. And yep. they all know it.
4: I think it's Scalise and Scalise can can rally enough votes. Uh, and I think Kevin McCarthy made this Faustian bargain. And instead of it being a cautionary tale for the Adult, responsible republic. Look, I'm in D.C. and Virginia right now. I can tell your listeners, most of these guys, they know that Donald Trump's a, a nut. They, they mock him. They ridicule yeah. MAGA behind their backs, folks. They, they mock and ridicule their own base. They're doing it. And this is the question that I have, then, for you and your listeners. Is it better to be a true believer, right, even though it's toxic and hateful, but at least you believe. There's sincerity. Or is it better or worse to be a Kevin McCarthy and a Lindsey Graham when you know it's bad? and you still go along with it to be quote-unquote relevant. That's what Lindsey Graham
1: said. Well, I guess it all comes down to who gets to stay in office the longest and have the fattest congressional pension, right? I mean, because thats it's not like they actually believe in any ideology. What would Jesus do? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus would take the side of the poor no matter what. Um, So so I, I agree with you, but let me just ask one last question, Mr. Ali. What about the fact that Steve Scalise has baggage? His baggage Mm. was he called himself David Duke without the baggage. He's got a long history of anti-woman, anti-LGBT, white supremacy. What are the odds of Elise Stefanik suddenly being the one they put up there? I mean, that's what our last guest, Reverend Barry Lynn of Americans United for Separation of Church and State, posited that he actually thinks that it will be Stefanik who has uh, probably degraded herself more than any other Ivy League educated politician. To uh, not only
4: degraded Trump. herself but did a 180 on all of her positions because she all came in initially as a moderate new uh republican right if for those who who forget and then she did a 180 once she realized that trumpism had taken over the party uh completely just like traded her skin like a scroll and now became the number three ranking republican who took out ads for the replacement lie the white supremacist conspiracy theory she promoted That's it right. even after That's it had right. radicalized terrorists and killed people the reason why I don't think it'll be Stefanik and you know, oh, good we could be wrong who knows we're just speculating here is because enough of the uh the the Freedom Caucus and and the uh the right-wing MAGA folks don't trust her they know that she's yeah. a political chameleon right with right. with uh, Scalise at least you're getting somewhat of a true believer who at least knows the process uh with Stefanic, it's like, do we trust you? No, we don't trust you, but we'll go along with it. So maybe it'll be in their benefit, John, to go along with the stuff. I mean, I don't want to give them any like freaking <laughs> advice. You know, I hate saying this. Youngish, womanish, feminine. It would know, help them more. Lipstick fascism, man. Lipstick fascism. It works. There's a reason for it.
1: I, I think Scalise would be in a uh, more effective uh, as a speaker. So yeah, yes. I, I I actually agree with you. Um, before I let you go, uh, Mister Ali, it's such a pleasure having you anytime. Um, you might have heard the good news that Southwest only canceled less than a hundred flights Yay. over this last weekend. However, uh, the effects of Southwest at Christmas time will be felt by many people for a long right. time. And I understand you are one of the few, the proud, the survivors. Of Southwest Airlines Christmas 2022,
4: hashtag Survivor Southwest Massacre. Uh, I'm one of the lucky ones. We were, we went to Orlando. My wife made the brilliant decision. It's totally on my wife, and I totally got some husband equity. I reminded her three times. She's the one that booked the flight uh, on Orlando Christmas Day. We were in the airport with our three kids for eight hours. Flight got canceled. Stranded in Florida for two days. Got one of the last SUVs with three booster seats. Drove 14 and a half hours made it home, drove the car to DCA right before uh, the time expired so I didn't have to pay the extra late fee and had to find my five luggages in the airport like where's Waldo. I'm still recovering from the exhaustion, but I'm one of the lucky ones. Some people were stuck there in the airport till just Friday, John, and because we had in-laws, we didn't have to use thousands of dollars uh, of our own money or, or a credit card like so many Americans did to find shelter, and a lot of families, John, had to take money out to feed their kids and to clothe their children. And what I tell people in the last thing I'll say is anytime this might happen to you, and it will happen to you because climate change is real and our infrastructure is broken and corporations are greedy and put profit over people, for the love of God, do not take it out on the poor employees. Uh, have empathy, have kindness, thank them. I talked to them after I saw some asshole next to me, take all his frustration out on this one woman. She was exhausted. I said, listen, I don't blame you. She said, thank you. She was about to cry. She says, I wanna get another job. I've been stuck here for three days. I just wanna go home to my family. They no. got stuck with it too. They didn't get raises uh, and they got screwed as well. So it's a lesson for all of us that if you invest in a little bit of empathy, a little bit of humanity, a little bit of patience and you work together, you can get it done. And we, we're going to need that as as things get rougher in the future.
1: Yeah, I was I, I got to say my least favorite genre of film this holiday season was um, people screaming in airports. I saw so many videos on social media, of people screaming and losing their minds and berating airport personnel. And it got me wondering, you know, we're also in the era of big pharma having its hooks in everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, how mm-hmm. many people? checked their pharmaceuticals with their bags and only had enough drugs for their flight how many people in airports were detoxing in really scary ways and freaking out I mean I there were so many freak out videos Uh, at some point I thought oh my god I mean not just people separated from their insulin but who knows what else someone might need that they are or be addicted to that they couldn't get to I mean we don't have the infrastructure set up for people to be stranded with children in an airport and separated from their belongings for days on end.
4: With no hotel, you know, and they ran out of hotels. So there was no hotel space. There was no cars. People had to rush. Some people had to, you know, it wasn't just, oh, holiday and family. It was, oh, I got to, like, help my family who's in the hospital. I have to go, like, get my family member out of the hospital, right? Like, I need my medication. I need to work. So it's one of those situations I think was a wake-up call, and it's one of those situations where I hope there's an audit, of Southwest. And you really, really try to like do the investigation to make sure nothing like this happens again, because that's a single point of failure, John. 3000 flights were canceled. How many American lives were disrupted? How much of the American economy, because all we care about is the money, how much of the economy was disrupted? And you know, this is going to happen again, with climate change, getting worse and worse.
1: And how can Republicans blame it all on Pete Buttigieg instead of corporations looking to save a buck? (laughs) Wajahat Ali, it's always a great honor. Happy New Year to you. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you, sir, and keep up with Uh, you?
4: Thank you so much for always inviting me. I appreciate it. Uh, Love talking to you, John. I'm at Wajahat Ali on Twitter, or you can email me. uh, Listen to us on the Democracy-ish podcast with me and Danielle. And the paperback of my book is coming out in two weeks. So if you haven't read it, read it. Apparently, it doesn't suck. It's called Go Come back, back, come, come back in two
1: from. weeks. Let's let's <laughs> let's sell a bunch of books in two weeks. when it's the paperback is out. Thank you so much. I'm so glad your family's safe. Happy New Year. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is progress. This is Sirius XM Progress. Allow me to welcome to the conversation uh, one of our favorite friends, anthropologist, climatologist, actor, writer, producer, host, comedian, one time Dancing McNugget for a TV commercial, uh, the great Natalia Reagan, who a lot of you might have discovered on TV with her looking for Bigfoot or as an all star host for Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. We are always happy whenever she can join us on the show to enlighten us with another installment of shit. You just can't say Natalia Reagan. Happy New Year. Welcome back.
5: Happy New Year to you. I'm so happy to be here. It's
1: so nice to have you virtually. I, how are here, things in
5: it, <laughs> in Los Angeles? How, very damp, very wet, moist. Uh, Good for you, yeah, you know, cl- yeah, exactly climate change is uh setting more moisture up in the air, and it's falling back down on us, and we need it. so, uh, and I'm yeah, right. it's it, where the clown show then in Washington has been a uh, fun to to observe, you know, uh Kevin can wait is something that uh uh yeah, i'm I'm I don't know, it's it's kind of I feel like I need a a, a bag of popcorn to just watch this uh, as it all burns down. Because uh, yeah. they're eating their own, it's it's kind of very Democrat right now. I feel like, oh my God, they, you know, they're it's almost like the Us magazine where they have those things, uh, the pictures of celebrities, and it's like they're just like us, but it's the Republicans, and they're just <laughs> who like the Democrats. Who? Yeah,
1: exactly. right. Who
5: hates who more? And I, I, uh, I, I'm kind of enjoying it, you know.
1: I I, so. I gotta say, I mean, after look, we we all are still PTSD from the 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 fans of bernie and the fans of hillary hating each other year after year uh. and how destructive that was and i did fundraisers for both i tried to do work for both i, I was proud to support both at different times i mean I, I gotta tell you it's incredible to see the gop tearing each other apart knowing they had to have something figured out by this date, and they couldn't do it they were able to take the house but couldn't pick a leader And to see all the Democrats uniformly in lockstep with a brand new leadership troika, and they're all just having a great time. I've never seen the party that lost the midterms enjoy (laughs) the first day as the minority this much.
5: Yeah. I mean, because I mean, we, we've got our proverbial SHIT together, sort of, you know, kind of, but uh, okay. w- way more than uh, the Republicans. And it looks like it's going to be uh, a few days or weeks before they get that act together. So, you know.
1: Well, well I, I'm glad you're uh-huh. here because you just you just spelled it out. SHIT. But mm-hmm. let, let's be honest now, yeah. when you're when you're progressive or liberal or moderate or anti-evil, uh, you know, yeah. you always want to you always want to be open to evolving. Right. There's things yes. that we could say when we were kids that now you just can't say anymore. And in many cases, maybe we knew they were wrong as kids, but the other kids were still saying it, but now you, you, you just can't say. And of course, today's enlightened liberal is tomorrow's closed-minded bigot. When we're old, we'll all be shocked at all the horrible things we believed and said back in 2023 that we didn't realize were so awful. Wow. And that's, that's why I turn to you, Natalia, because every now and then my, my liberal guilt chromosome kicks in and I, I need to know, <laughs> hey, what, what's some shit I really can't say anymore?
5: No, it's a great question. And I these are these are terms and phrases, by the way, that I'm guilty of saying and catching myself and have to slap my hand and say bad anthropologist, y- you yes. know, better. Uh, yes. And because today and this and this segment, as I've said before, is not to meant to not meant to make people feel terrible. It's It's meant to hopefully help people be more compassionate and not. Be an asshole in their day-to-day life. Okay, so but it, today, it's
1: also designed to make liberals say, oh, you politically correct liberals, shut the fuck up, right? It's designed exactly. a little bit to make liberals talk like they're racist uncle. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that phrase. Because you, exactly. you, you poke us where it's uncomfortable.
5: Exactly. I, I want a, a little bit of hate mail. A little bit. Okay. You know, just, okay. just a touch. Just the tip. Uh, but um, so for me today, I saw a lot on Twitter. The phrase sold down the river. And it sold is down meant... The river. Sold down the river is a phrase that, uh, wow, if you're still using it, it is so obvious, not a good phrase. It is, I think. Is it obvious?
1: Because everyone's everyone's everyone's. No, I know. I know sent up the river w- was a reference to going to prison. That, that, yeah, that I learned to when Sing I went. Sing. To, I did a movie at Sing Sing and I learned that's where sold up the river came from. But sold down the river is an expression that I don't think we ever. Hold on, John,
5: you did a you did a, a movie at Sing Sing. A
1: movie. I did a, a okay, film for PBS about. I did a film. No, I did this documentary for PBS about about inmates. Just be honest. Quality.
5: Just okay, fine. I was hoping. You'd no, tell I've been us a I've story. been
1: inside Sing. I've been inside Sing Sing. It's, I've been inside a few prisons, but Sing Sing is pretty incredible <laughs> and pretty historic. And it, you go up the Hudson River, so I knew that expression <laughs> meant prison. But I got to be down honest, the river. How many movies have we seen? This is sent down the, sold down the river, sent down the river, and I I never really thought about it.
5: Okay, so well, let's what, Natalia. Get some,
1: uh, Natalia, what have we yes? been doing? What have what we have been doing? What been kind of monsters are gnarly. we? What yes, kind of exactly? What kind of unspeakable bigots are we? What, what what is what does that expression come
2: from?
5: Okay, look, you cretin. So basically, sold down the river became popularized in uh, the mid 1800s or shortly, you know, before that. And essentially, uh, slaves were being sold from northern states at this point, Kentucky or Missouri, would can be considered northern, down the river, Ohio rivers or Mississippi River into southern states and plantations because the cotton business was booming and it was grueling work. And it oftentimes male slaves were prioritized because they were the workhorses of the slave force and so this meant splitting and ripping families asunder. So when we talk about being sold down the river these were this was basically uh, almost a death sentence to these slaves and oftentimes this was done in Louisville, Kentucky. That was a big um the market there for for slave uh the slave trade was very large and so they oftentimes were sold down the river separated from their family and sent wow. to do horrendous and uh, backbreaking and sometimes deadly work. And so this is something that we should abandon, not only because it's there's so many other ways of saying, you know, being deceived, being right. uh, double crossed, some sort of right. treachery. Even a Judas kiss is better than saying sold down the river. I've even seen British people. Uh, I was looking through Twitter at a lot of people talking about, you know, the Tories selling them down the river and things of that sort. And I understand it's something that's just an idiom, a colloquialism it's a, yeah, it's, that is it's an, it's in a, our...
1: We're raised with this idiom right? and you don't even think about the meaning of it
5: exactly and it's in and i i said it earlier that it was obvious and that's not fair because i guess it's obvious for those that maybe sold down the river what perhaps it's obvious like it's, it's obvious <laughs>
1: for people like you who are better than us is what you want to say no, for you no no it's obvious no. for you perfect but you know it's it's true and honestly yeah. like, you, you you come in with these expressions and a lot of them i'll be honest are things that you know, I should have thought about, I mean, obviously, you, you just want to get a scalp. Well, yeah, I, I, I get where ah! that comes from. you were the one who taught me circle the wagons. I mean, my God, I I'd never thought about it before. And, and one of the things that I do that's irritating. It's a long list. I'll just narrow down the one. Uh, I, I talk a lot about how we don't take slavery seriously in this country. I mean, how could you? wave the flag of the treasonous white supremacist confederacy how could you defend Mm -hmm. the flag how could you defend making black children walk by statues of these white supremacist guys who took up arms against america but i'll be honest i i I, i'm good at policing symbols i'm not really good at policing speech and this is an expression that i will you you've convinced me i'm not going to fight you on this i will try to avoid using that phrase in the future because i never thought about it
5: well thank you. And and again it's not about policing. I want to give people the tools, the information take with take it and use it if you will. And uh, if you want to tell me to go eat a rock, like my mother would say, you can do that. But I feel like a lot of people want to do the right thing. And I think that uh, there's so many other alternatives to this term. Honest. A2 yes. Brute. I mean, come on. Let's just like, let's get a little uh, culture, a little, uh, you know, Julius Caesar action there. You sold, that, that, you that sold me
1: Alfredo. You sold me Alfredo. You, you, you broke go. my Thank heart. You. Yeah, there's so many things to go to. Yes.
5: <laughs> right. Yeah. All and right. I mean, and uh, Yeah. So I, I can I, no I, longer I, say
1: sent down the river. I appreciate that one. That one. That one. I'm not going to fight you on. That's that's really good.
5: Thank you. I know because there are some that are. There's a long list. We've talked about some that I even know. the most staunch progressive liberals are like, I don't know, going native doesn't really upset me that much, or using tribalism or things of that sort. But again, it's about giving the information, giving the backstory. I mean, tribalism is
1: a hard one. tribalism's a hard one because mm-hmm. I mean that's what we have now that's our faction politics so what's a better word because i I, i'll be honest i i say tribal all the time too and i don't mean it in reference to any specific kind of indigenous nation i just mean this is a very primal human behavior of going with like individuals into a clique but okay i i get it tribal isn't cool either that one that one i struggle with
5: yeah i mean in keeping with party i mean there's ways that you can kind of get around it. But at the same time, it is an easy catch all phrase that covers a lot of territory. Right. So, yeah. again, it's it's just trying to look for alternatives and, and be open to it. But realizing you're going to mess. It's it's like pronouns. I make. I'll mistakes try to fall back on cult. It's about often. trying.
1: Yes. Instead of saying <laughs> tribal, I'll say cultish or, or cliquish or something like that. See, you're you're making me a better, a better politically correct liberal just just by showing up. Thank you.
5: I, I do what I can.
1: <laughs> Did you have a nice Christmas? <laughs>
5: I you know I did I had a, a really nice it was low key everyone is kind of struggling a little bit right now you know getting through the holidays and we very low key mellow so yeah. but I what about you
1: uh, really nice Just stay here it was freezing cold couldn't go anywhere it was minus eight degrees with the wind chill on Christmas Eve um like, oh, my I'm out, God, I'm out going to the bakery and it's like minus eight on my on my AccuWeather app. It was crazy here. Uh, had a house full of in-laws and family and watched a lot of movies and built a lot of Legos and got through it.
5: Oh, my God. Did you step on any Legos?
1: No, no, I did it myself in my study. My son wasn't invited. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> But no, I had a I had a great one. Watched a lot of movies, good. missed Chris and Thea. Yeah, we had a good time. And we have a lot of listeners who want to who want to call in and talk about the events Please. of the day. Do you want to Do you want to hang yes. out with us for the? Okay, you'll stick with us. Absolutely. Natalia Reagan will be in the room as my co pilot for your calls. I want to go to Marie in Atlanta. Marie, happy New Year to you. Welcome.
3: Happy New Year, John. Thanks so much for taking my call. And Natalia, it is wonderful to be on with you. Um, I, I would nice like to meet it. you. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to add an amen, a hallelujah, and you said it, girl. Um, mm. Regarding regarding language, um, sold down the river is particularly. It's, it's, I'm familiar with its history from slavery yeah. um, as a descendant of a slave, um, and I can tell you that those those plantations when they were sold down the river, um, it was at times. It was not just financial. It was not just I need to make some money off of this body. It was, this person is too difficult to tame, i.e. they keep having that nasty habit of wanting to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because, it was, because of the plantations um, that were farther south were known to be particularly brutal. Um, yeah. if, you, if a slave acted out, that's where they got sent. So hence being sold down the river. Yeah. Was, is, it, it refers to betrayal. Yeah. Because it might have been yeah. a slave who was well, who served the the master well, but nonetheless, because of some irritation of the master's or the master's poor financial management, they got betrayed. They were sold down the river. Wow! So just wanted. By to the way, that I
1: mean, up. I've I've actually been. Thank to you, the, Yeah. I've I've been to Oof. the harbor, the the port in in Montgomery, Alabama, where they were often sent down the river too, and I mean that's incredible because they they only have one whole city marker denoting that it was once a place where they sold people but they would literally unload them uh and march them down commerce street and market street once they had been sent down the river and those street names are still there and no one knows why unless they know the history exactly yeah god yikes Uh, yeah I know you brought up a
3: no I was gonna say and, and I'll add this much you know, when when there are those who embrace the flag of the Confederacy and think of it as heritage and think that those who are the descendants of slaves held by people who created that heritage that somehow the descendants should you know just get over it. That's right. I always counter I always counter with okay, tell me how I get over it when every birth of a child in my family, every birth of a new generation comes with that moment where we wait to see if the genetic material of the rapist of my great 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 grandmother appears in a newborn child that's right because Mm. those genetic traits they do echo down down the generations they do so i i share that just to give you some some perspective on for those of us who are descendants um, not that I think I need to teach you anything, John.
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. Between the two of you, I I, 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 I hate my whiteness and my maleness more than I did this morning. So thank you both. You, <laughs> you got me there. You got me over the line. No, I, but, but you know what? I mean, I, that's something that most Caucasians are never, I'm sorry, most white people, you don't like Caucasians, Natalia. I, I don't like the word white people. Yeah. It, it's something that most people are, are, are never going to have to have that anxiety. It's another kind of fear that white folks have been raised immune to and you're right i mean it doesn't mean you love these children any less but every mm-hmm. time there's a new baby born you've 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 got to see how much of the violence of previous generations ha- will leave trace elements in this child and 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 that i mean in, in a way i'm i'm glad that multiracial people will take over the world someday eventually we'll all look that way i hope mm-hmm. exactly So
3: I just wanted to I called in to share this specifically Um, regarding the whole Kevin, Kevin McCarthy mess. Ah, Yes, Um, I I would like to dissuade people from getting caught up in the circus. Um, I have learned that the GOP is much more intentional in its behavior than most of us realize until it's too late. I recall that the president signed the um, continuing resolution and the $1.7 trillion um, uh, budgeting, the fiscal policy bill, um, on December 29th. I know that there was something that, and I've been trying to research it while I was on hold, um, there was something that's supposed to get voted on having to do with budgeting in January. Mm-hmm. And I have no trouble believing that the sideshow and the circus mm-hmm. that we're all giggling about, which I admit I'm enjoying the show, but at the same <laughs> time, you know, Republicans are—they're intentional, and they'll put on a show to dissuade, you know, to, to distract you from what mm-hmm. what they're really trying to do is to stall and obfuscate so that That's they. Right shove up against that deadline and go oh now we have to vote we have to reduce it no we're, we're going to shut down the government if you don't and they can claim they'll definitely do that but this this with-
1: chaos is completely independent of that there's no strategy here i mean there i think there's strategy on the part of republicans who aren't kevin mccarthy who are just waiting for him to drop out and going through this 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 ritual this theater but i mean this is completely independent of this the the, the way they try to Crash our economy and send the world economy into chaos by America not being able to pay our debts. This is a totally different kind of incompetence and 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 sinister incompetence at that. I mean, Kevin McCarthy moved his furniture into the speaker's office and really <laughs> believed, despite the fact he didn't have the votes, he really believed that somehow through Hogwarts, he would have the votes. <laughs>
3: Oh, this is, understand. this is like the person who just moved into the house down the street that hasn't been occupied. And when the owner shows up, goes, yep. what? I've been living here for 10 years. I don't exactly. know where you've been.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Can he claim squatters rights? How does that there work? You go.
1: I mean, squatters I know what you're saying. Years. We. years. <laughs> I know what you're saying that we can't let the circus distract us from the real malfeasance, the real sinister criminality that's going on behind it. I completely agree. But I'm going to come out and say I I still feel like there's a value to this. There's a value to the circus. If it gets people paying attention, if it gets people engaged, I I love that millions of people were watching the news all day today to see how the procedural votes went. I I, I think that's great. if, If these villains make people more civic minded, then... Whatever it takes to get Americans paying attention, I will sign up for.
3: I hear you. Just don't be a, don't be surprised when when it all goes off the rails when it bumps up against some deadline that that they then use <sighs> as an attempt to to wrangle and and basically threaten us all into some into some corner of, you know, nobody wants whatever ends up happening.
1: So It's really true. Really true. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens when you go off the reservation. Oh, I can't no. say that. Can I? I'm so so. <laughs> I suck. Sorry. <laughs> Don't make
5: me go over there
1: to just the am talking
5: to. <laughs> exactly.
2: Marie,
1: happy New Year to you. Thank you so much for calling us <laughs> tonight. It's a pleasure Marie. to hear from you. Thank you. She's a lawyer out of Atlanta. She knows. just and she listens oh, to the show anyway, even though she's smart I like and more. Well,
5: I'm she brought glad. up a good point that I totally for- I I feel bad because I have notes that 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 sold down the river river aside from a betrayal is was a threat and she's absolutely right that was the threat of if wow. you don't if you misbehave again likening slaves to children and or animals like about right you need to behave which is also again why it should be just stripped sold down of the river once meant you,
1: you will be you will be stolen from your family and never see them again and we can't trivialize it like it's a cartoon yeah. term all right this is sirius xm i'm john